when we let go of the how, these people and these circumstances just unfold on our behalf and they just show up and we're not making it happen. We're just knowing that in divine time, things will unfold. The right person is going to show up, the right podcast, the right book, something is going to land inside of your awareness that will help you to be able to get to where you're truly wanting to go. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Jody Agard is a mindset coach, author, and speaker. She offers programs, workshops, and one-on-one coaching to help you awaken your spirituality raise your vibration, and manifest your dreams. We have such a beautiful and open conversation. She gets really vulnerable sharing the story about the death of her father and how it greatly impacted and changed the course of her entire life. We go deep regarding the power of gratitude, our souls and their purpose, manifestation, and much more. Welcome to the podcast, Jody Agard. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Really just uh, stoked to talk to you uh, and learn more about what you're doing. I just think the work that you're doing is, uh, it's really so important. And, uh, you know, we are introduced uh, through a mutual friend, Mike Koala, who is just a beautiful soul, just such a good guy. And, uh, you know, when I, I checked out your stuff uh, and I saw, you know, all over your website, and your Instagram talking about awakening your spirituality, uh, raising your vibration, manifesting your dreams, working on your mindset, helping people find their purpose, talking about mindfulness. Uh, just really stoked to learn more uh, about you in that realm as an author and a coach. So I guess just even starting off first, you know, were you always like this? Or did you always have this sort of um, you know spiritual connection or? Um, you know, this sort of, you know, mindfulness and such a concentration of importance on mindset, or is this something that you transitioned into over time? What did that look like for you? So yes and no. Um, yes, I felt very deeply connected to my angels. Like I just remember as a toddler, just always just loving angels. And remember one year I was an angel for, I don't know, what year it was, but I was probably three or four as, um, for Halloween. And I just took that costume and I just flocked around in it for, I don't even know how long, but I just remember I was so attracted to it. And I just always had this very deep connection. Um, but as, um, life happened, I felt like I really kind of lost that connection. Um, I was brought up Catholic. Um, I lost my dad to suicide at the age of 15 I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, And it was interesting because now I can, I can really see looking back that even after my dad's suicide, I just had this inner knowing that this pain would be for a purpose. 
but it was still very raw and very deep. And, you know, I, I, I believed it in, in my deep knowing, but on the outside, it was just obviously very traumatic. Um, and over time, I just sort of lost that connection. I just really lost my, my connection to that inner knowing. Um, and I just went down a very, just on the outside, everything looked great, but on the inside, I just felt like there was this void deep, deep, deep in my heart. And what happened was sort of the, um, the precipice of everything was in, actually, I remember the date specifically December 29th, 2010. I was sitting, um, on the phone, I was talking to my mom on the phone and we were talking about my stepdad. And him and I have had a very rocky relationship. Um, there's just been verbal abuse and things of that nature. And and him and I, I guess, got into it beforehand. And and I was talking to my mom on the phone about it. And she said, well, Jody, do you think it's time to forgive him finally once and for all? And I mean, my ego just had a field day with that because I was like, me, I'm always the one, you know, the victim, victim, but I'm always the one going to him and, and I'm always lending out, you know, a, a hand and it just gets batted down and this and that. And so in that moment, I, you know, of course I was, I think I was in my late twenties, early thirties and actually it was early thirties. Um, and I just so sort of hung up the phone with her, went in the bedroom and just threw my phone on the bed and sort of huffed and puffed. And I told my now husband, who was then boyfriend, um, you know, I'm so upset. And he said, what's the matter? And I told him what she said. And he said, well, do you think that maybe there's some truth to that? And I just stopped and said, you too, ah, you know, victim, victim, no, you're not going to buy into my hurt and pain. And so I did what I always did. And I grabbed my dad's journals. Um, I, I grabbed them anytime I really wanted to feel close to him because I really felt when he was here on earth with me, I just had this connection with him. So that was grabbing my dad's journals was just a way for me to stay connected to him. So I went out in the lanai and I just sat there and I just sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And, and really I felt like that it was a moment where I really felt like I had reached my sort of darkest hour, but also this willingness just to let it go. And basically how it came out was, you know, why, why did this happen? God, you know, I was sort of like raising my fist at God or, or you know, spirit, my angels, and just really asking for answers and also my dad. So um, my dad did not leave a suicide note, but he had left his journals and, and I had spent 19 years of my life um, really needing claiming that I really needed his, that suicide note mm. as a, a sense of closure for me. And so not having that suicide note, you know, I, I felt like I had no closure. And so I'm flipping through my dad's journals at the time, just sort of looking for answers, really looking for, sort of like a scout, you know, like an investigator looking for like the secret code. And um, as I was just sort of in my fit of frenzy, um, I, I was sort of saying to my dad out loud and, and in my mind, why, why, did, why couldn't you have just left me a suicide note? And just then it was this moment of first, I felt this blanket of love. And then I audibly felt like I heard the words, you're not lacking a suicide note. You're failing to see the gift in your dad's five journals. And it was so calm, but it was so matter of fact. And it was so, and I, so much so that I sort of turned my head and whipped myself around saying like, okay, I was not in any state of mind to have that clarity. Um, I knew it was not coming from me. I knew it was a power much bigger than myself. I knew that it was directly connected to love. And I just stopped and I absorbed the words and I just sobbed. And this time it was of joy. It was of gratitude. It was of, wow, there's just truth in that recognition that, you know, when we focus on the lack of something, we do feel we, we fail to see the gift in what's there. And I had spent 19 years. And so that was sort of my 
big like quantum leap. Mm. I kind of look at it. Um, And then from there, I've just been nonstop, just gobbling everything up. Just, um, yeah, just so no, I haven't been, but, but since then, and now I feel like I've come back to the truth of who I am. You know, this is who I was before life happened, which is why I'm just so passionate about doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And now I can really look back at his suicide as a true gift. I really deeply feel grateful. And when I say that, sometimes people are kind of like, wait, what? You feel grateful for your dad's suicide? And sure, would I love to have him? Although I know I have him on a deeper level now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but I'm just so grateful for the for the journey, you know, I feel like I've really sort of answered the call in this lifetime. This is why I came here in this lifetime. Yeah. Wow. That was an incredible story. Thank you for sharing that. So many times in that, it's like you were connected directly to source. You know what I mean? Like you asked and asked and pounded and you were answered, which is wild. And, um, Jody, I, that is like that is a quantum leap in spirituality when you're able to find and just quantum leap as, as a soul, as a being that you're able to literally find gratitude uh, in your father's suicide. And so I just want to take us on a little quick journey. So there is a, uh, and I think I've talked about this in the podcast before, but there is a beautiful 15 minute video. It's called Little Soul in the Sun. And in the, uh, in the video, so it's, it's by um, Neil Donald Walsh. He is the author of Conversations with God. And as you were just talking about that, I was like, just thinking about Conversations with God and connecting me back to there, because that's literally what happened to him. He was pounding and asking for answers, and then he was answered by God. And uh, the story of the little soul in the sun is essentially souls being up in heaven, um, heaven or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And uh, one of the little souls was like, you know, I want to experience. And and God's like, well, there's, you know, all these beautiful things that you can experience. You know, what do you want to experience? It's like, I want to experience forgiveness. I want, like, literally, I want to have the opportunity to experience forgiveness. And a lot of us don't really want that opportunity, right? Because that means somebody wronged us or, or, or whatever prior, but the soul wanted the experience of forgiveness. So another soul came and said, I will give you that experience of forgiveness. And the, the soul is like, I'm going to have to literally vibrate lower. I'm going to have to do something um, you know, mean or nasty to you. But I will do that. I will lower, lower my vibration and do that for you so that you can experience forgiveness. And then so like, as you were t- saying that story, it's literally the idea of like you and your dad, your souls have been connected for an infinite amount of time, right? So before you came to this earth, the idea potentially could be that, you know, you and your dad, your souls made the agreement and your dad literally said, you know, I'm going to raise you. I'm going to bring you up. I'm going to help you on this path. And then I'm going to literally make this sacrifice and take my own life so that you can reach your fulfillment so that your soul can, your, your body can reconnect back to your soul and literally fulfill what you are supposed to do in this lifetime. Right. So, and when you, again, when you say that, and I, I love how you said it too. Like when I say that I'm grateful, you know, uh, for my father's suicide, a lot of people are like, Whoa, what, how can, you know what I mean? It's like that instant kind of thought of like, how is that possible? Almost like what's wrong with you to think that, you know what I mean? But it's like, and like you said, like, of course you wish he was here. Like, of, of course you want your father to be around, but the reality is what it is. So again, you can like for 19 years, you can find lack in the situation or you can find the gratitude. They're, they're both there. It's just what you decide to put your awareness and focus on. And then whatever you choose then becomes your reality. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about um, with Neil Donald Wash. I love that book. Yeah. And when I read it, when I read it, I sobbed in the sense of, I felt like there was this knowing like, this is exactly why I hired my dad to be, to come with me in this lifetime on this journey. Mm-hmm. And we had to go through these things. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the forgiveness and, you know, yeah. the, the increasing my vibration. Yes. And it's, and, and it's wild. And so I look at it too, um, 
from the perspective that, because people might hear that too, and it's like, your dad really committed suicide for the benefit of you, so you can, like, what does that do for him? But when you take a step back and you literally pull the perspective further and further and further back, and you realize that we are infinite, that we are energy, we're souls, what helps me really grasp it is um, your, your dad, you know, his soul coming in this lifetime, every bit of our lifetimes are a blip. In the grand scheme of infinity, my life as Justin is like less than a blip. It's like so small, we can't even like really comprehend it. So in that, when you look at it that way, it's just like kind of a blip. And like your father, he never died. You know what I mean? His soul right. lives. Yeah. That's the, and that's one of the things too that I think as a species, we have to just kind of talk more about death. Um, and our fear of death and really what it means and how we actually in reality never die. And um, so if your father is an infinite being, which he is, to come here and do this for you fulfills him as a soul as well. You know what I mean? And and when you know when we think about, well, it's just this one life and that's it, then it seems more drastic and more unlikely that you know he would do that. But again, when we know of our infinite, uh, then... It, to me, at least it makes more, you know, I, I can grasp it more and understand it more that a soul would come and fulfill a purpose and do this for another soul. Because again, with that as well, it is in his own growth, right? Because we all, you know, I, I really think, think too, as, as our souls, like we, we come to experience and we come to reach our fulfillment and connect back to who we are and just, and to grow, like literally the evolution of our soul over millennia. So if, you know, that's what he chose to lift your vibration uh, and, you know, and to, and to really like, in a way, sacrifice for the betterment of your soul because he loves you that much. And yes. in our soul, in our higher state of being, we are pure, unconditional love. Yeah. Unattached to these bodies that, that, you know, these costumes that we have, you're right. absolutely right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, thank you really for for sharing that because um, you know, I, you know, I have that, I have those thoughts a lot, and uh, really, I'm not who you are as a person to literally find gratitude in that situation. I, I like blows my mind in the best in the best way because I really feel like that is so aligned with who we really truly are, and it's not the quote unquote typical norm way that we are taught to think and feel. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think just for you too, it's so powerful too, you know, after sitting there and pounding and then, and then, you know, looking at the journals and, and getting your answer, like how much peace, like how much better did that make you feel that release of all of this lack and all of this anger to more of acceptance and gratitude for, for what had happened? Oh, it has just, it really awakened me. It really was, in a in a, I was, I was recognizing that I was asleep in so many ways. So, so much so actually that I remember feeling euphoric for a good couple of weeks. But I remember um, the next morning I was driving to work. I was working in real estate, you know, at the nine to five job and I wasn't happy in it. And I knew I wanted to leave, but I had no idea. And I remember getting my kids, the car was in the garage and I remember getting the kids in their car seats and I kind of came, you know, out of the garage to go around to the other side. And as I sort of stepped onto the driveway, I heard the birds chirp. And I was like, I remember having the thought of, have those birds always been there? Like, I have just been so asleep in my mind and in my, you know, the the rattling and the stories and the replays and the lack and just swimming in my mind so much that I wasn't in the present moment awareness. Um, and it was just so beautiful. It was just such a, the sky looked brighter. Like it just completely changed me on so many ways. And so to your point about feeling peaceful, of course the euphoria didn't last for very long. And then, you know, I was back into like quote unquote regular world again. Mm -hmm. um, but this peace, this just this sort of knowing that all things are right. And all I have to do to truly believe that is set aside my own judgments of the physical world 
and like you said, sort of take this, you know, 30,000 foot view and look at it from a, a, a bigger um, advantage and just continually to do that. You know, that piece has not left me in the sense of when things happen, when there's upsets in my life, you know, if there's health scares, um, you know, I have two kids who are 23 and 16, so two boys. And so there's always something, you know, happening. Um, but ultimately I've recognized that I can choose peace and to feel love in the moments I call it dancing inside the storm. I can choose to dance inside the storm or I can choose, you know, to buy into this, the physical happenings of this life experience. And time after time, I just choose to dance inside the storm and just really feel that, that peace, because I look at it, like you said, we are, we are truly loving beings. We are that of peace. Our true nature is peace and joy and love and wisdom and, you know, all the things that we claim that are outside of us, but we are that in our mm. nature. And so just continuing just to tap into my true nature is, has just been and become a regular practice of mine. And it's just served me so well. And I've just seen so many miracles come out of it. Which mm. is why I teach it. <laughs> yes, it's so beautiful. It is. It's wild. I've had the experience too, where um, you know when we're out in nature, or just in life, because we're so consumed in our minds, right? We're not really present because we're not we're not here. We're somewhere off in our minds, somewhere else. And um, through the power of now, um, the book by Eckhart Tolle, uh, beautiful, right? I, I had the experience yeah. of just being out in nature and just being there, and I literally saw trees differently. Like you were talking about before, right? It's like, and before, you know, what was I even seeing? It was like this frail form of a tree. But when you're actually there in the present moment, you see the abundance and the beauty of it. It is just incredible. Um, and I just, I just for a second too, I want to just pull it back to how you mentioned before um, with the. You know, you wanted the the suicide note um, from your father and the lack, right? Why isn't this here? Why didn't I have this? And it just is so transparent and wild how much we just create our own realities, right? Because you were so focused on that. That's all that you saw was the lack and why isn't this here? But in reality, there was a plethora of, of words and information from your father, much more than a suicide note, you know, much more detail, much more into who he was as a, as a person. And, but that's like the thing, right? It's like, you know, when, when we choose lack or we choose to see it in one way, well, that's how we're going to see it. But if we can open our mind and, and see the abundance and see the gratitude and the appreciation that's there, well, then, boom, magically appeared journals from your father. They always existed there, but you were unable to literally see them because of your thoughts and just how you were perceiving life and, and reality. And um, that's just like such a, a good example of that, of how powerful we are. You know, it's yeah. like... <laughs> And we just have to remove those blocks. And that's really what I felt like I did in that moment. I was removing the block to what was already there. Like you said, somebody on the outside would be like, you know what? You want the suicide note? This like, you know, proverbial suicide note that, you know, comes with all suicides. And I think that's what my 15 year old brain bought into. Mm. Um, but you have your dad's journals. And I think somebody on the outside would very much see that. But I just I just could not see it. I could not see it. And everything changed once I saw, and you're absolutely right. Creating our own reality, you know, nothing changed other than my perception, which is the true miracle. Right. Your perception changed. So then your reality around you changed. Yep. Like every time, like we're able to tap into that, it blows my mind a little bit more in the best way. Cause it really shows again, how powerful we are. We are insanely incredibly powerful beings and what is going on on our inside, our perception, our perspective, the awareness we have on certain things, that is what literally creates our reality. It's not the outer world changing, it is us on the inside changing, which then creates the outer world to change. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so interesting, right? How perceptions just have such an impact and and we make exceptions all the time. You know, yeah. I know I made an exception. Yeah, but, you know, I lost my dad to suicide. Yeah, but this is happening. Yeah, but this is, and I feel like once we just drop all those exceptions and really see behind them, we just remove the blocks and 
miraculous things can just shift and move, like you said, from the inside out. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your bravery and just honesty and vulnerability in that story and, and how it impacted you and changed you and like really led you on your path of fulfillment. Um, so in speaking of that, I'd love to chat with you just more about you as a coach, you know what I mean? And some of the the things that you are helping people understand uh, and achieve. So if you, uh, you know, can just chat a little bit more about that, you know, just how you're helping people and, and some of like the, the lessons and, and one-on-ones kind of just like what those entail with other people. Yeah. So I think in a nutshell, what I do um, is just bring, align those who come to me with their truest self mm. and and really helping them to, you know, remove the blocks and, and, you know, from the inside out and actually align with that, which they desire, because what happens so often is we just end up in this default system, you know, that replays over and over. We get kind of stuck in this rut and, and really a lot of the work that I do with one-on-ones, especially and and across the board in my programs um, is just really, moving out of that egoic default system um, and bringing them back to the truth of who they are. And so what that could look like is, um, so here's a story. So uh, a while back I was working with, with someone and we had our session and the session started off with um, the, the challenge of not being able to authentically express themselves in their marriage and what was happening was, you know, it was kind of like push, push, push down and then ah explosion mm. um, because confrontation was just really uncomfortable and it was creating this division in their marriage. And we had kind of, you know, just started to dig a little bit more deeper into that. And what unfolded was this person's recognition that this actually started when this person was abused sexually as a child, because when they outed this person in their family, it obviously caused a big upset and a division in their family. And this person went to jail. And so the story that this person began to tell themselves quietly in the background, because that's how the egoic default system works um, quietly in the background, it's not safe. It's not safe to share things. It's not safe. Um, And then everything changed. Once that perception and and really getting to the root cause, and and not all sessions are obviously that deep, um, um, but just really healing the things that we so often just push down and they manifest and they play out in our everyday experience. We just don't see often that they're, they're connected because it's just been so much of a part of our default system and how we've been operating and taking these things as an adult and sort of packing on the stories. You know, um, for me, I know that around my dad's suicide, I created the, obviously the story of abandonment and how that manifested in my life was um, it's not safe to be me. And it showed up in my relationships. You know, I was kind of one foot in one foot out and never really fully completely myself because I just couldn't bear that the thought of another, you know, having that story again, abandonment play out. Um, so it's just a lot of that work. We, a lot of um, what we do is obviously in the mind, um, our judgments, our perceptions, and really healing and really coming back to the present moment and getting out of reactive mode mm. and instead and in responding with love. You know, what's the most loving choice I can make in this moment right now? And that could be right before you go down to, you know, your kitchen, or that could be, you know, if there's an argument with your spouse or partner, what's the most loving choice? And when you're just really guided by love from the inside out and you make decisions that are in alignment with love, most of the time, again, never perfectly, but um, everything changes. And then just getting out of this default system and really knowing that you can design the life that you love and deserve. That's a lot of what I do. I I take them through um, a, a specific 
process and technology to really amplify what they're wanting to call in. And I don't mean just big dreams. You know, I, I really look at it as all desires are dreams. Um, so it's just really, mm. I, I look at it as kind of like when I work with somebody, we're standing here at point A and over there is point B. And in order to get from point A to point B, it's really about removing the blocks, you know, the perceptions, the beliefs, the judgments in yourself, the, just all of the inner stuff. Because when you address and heal the inner stuff, your life just is just off and running. Absolutely. So it's really beautiful. I, I'm, I'm just so grateful that I'm doing this work. I, I just love it. I've done it. I did it for free for a long time. And, <laughs> and it's because it's, you know, I just am so passionate and obviously now I've made a career out of it. And I just, I'm so thankful to be able to be witnessing the people that I'm working with just open up and fly. It's really beautiful. Right. There's something in, in, in work when you're seeing the person you're helping directly benefit and live a happier, more, more joy filled life. Um, connect you know more back to who they truly are which is love and uh, you know when we can remove those blocks and and really connect back to our truth which is love our lives change so drastically it opens us up it is just insane it's it's like one of the coolest things so I, I get it and I appreciate so much that you are you're helping people you know get to that place because that is like one of the huge reasons, one of the huge ways that we can help lift the vibration of the planet is by being there for each other, helping each other feel just better, feel feel you know more love for themselves, more love for the people around them, and understand you know what is kind of going on in their subconscious mind, which is really kind of controlling everything from you know behind the curtain. And, um, you know, unless sometimes we don't have a guide like you or someone to help us get there, we don't even know that's what's happening. So how could we fix something or mend something if we're not even aware of what's happening uh, in the background? Um, and I'd love to just ask you to, you mentioned ego and uh, I've noticed this in life, you know, I'll talk about ego and then there's just a lot of different ideas or misconstrued thoughts about what ego is. Because I'll talk about it, and some people are like, "What do you mean by ego? Like, what does that even mean?" So, uh, just for you, uh, if you could just you know explain a little bit what you mean in terms of of ego. Yeah. So to me, the ego is that small part of my personality self that wants to keep me small, and it has all yeah. the stories and the who do you think you are and the, you know, stay here in the comfort zone. Don't get out of your comfort zone. You know, don't leap over there. That's too scary. Mm. Um, I also look at it as not this outer thing, but it's also just a thought system and it's a thought system that does not serve me mm. at all. Um, it's not the truth of who I am. And it's, it's almost just as if, you know, the more that we buy into the stories of the ego, we activate it. So I kind of look at it as, yes, it's a part of me. And yes, in some ways it has served me. So I don't want to like have a distaste for it because it is a part of me. I sort of want to just honor it for its presence, but then say, get out of the driver's seat. You're not driving this car anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'll have... Yeah. Just being like really, really uh, more and more aware of ego and aware of the thoughts that aren't mine, that aren't who I truly am. Right, and I use I'll use the term sometimes like my my brain was like hijacked because if it was you know hijacked, it wasn't me who did it. It just helps me create that separation. And uh, so recently, when you know you have those, the, the ego hops in and it says, "Nah, buddy, I don't think I don't think you can do this. Uh, I I wouldn't take that risk. Stay here. It's comfortable, like you were saying. And you know, it's there to protect us. That's like really what it's there for. It's detrimental, but the idea is to protect us. And uh, so, which is, I I always want to share anything that's ever helped me. I always just want to share, just to at least allow people to have the awareness of it. And then, if it helps them, great. And if it doesn't, that's totally cool too. And it's when these thoughts will pop up and they happen. They were literally happening yesterday. Like you, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. Like, what are you trying to do? And just realizing that's not me. Like you said, that's not my truth of who I am and um, separating myself from it, right? Like literally taking a step back 
and really realizing that that's not me completely separating myself and observing that thought instead of being the thought. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Not buying into it and recognizing it's just a judgment, you know, and we have judgments with everything and anything (laughs) and recognizing that those judgments are just really a part of the egoic thought system and we don't have to buy into them. In fact, like you said, just disconnecting, recognizing no, that's not me. And it really is a, a matter of just choosing deliberately to not to basically disidentify with the ego. Mm. Um, more and more every day. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's it, uh, half the battle to me is awareness because I wasn't aware of this for an incredibly long period of time. And I was listening to a book one time and he was talking about like the ego and, you know, it wasn't him. And I'm like, I literally was like, what are, I didn't understand what was going on. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I almost turned the book off because I was getting frustrated because I just didn't understand what he meant at all. And, uh, you know, so the awareness really is everything. So, like anyone listening to this right now that doesn't quite grasp or, or understand what we're saying, like I, I'm sure you two, we were both really yeah. very, very much there. And it just takes time. And then, like this is like the starting off point for some people. Like once you have the awareness of it, then as time goes on, you'll you'll start to notice. And you might not notice for a few weeks or a few months, but as long as you keep it in your mind, you're like okay, oh, and then it'll hit you, and you're like, wait, wait, that's not me. Like I didn't consciously choose and purposely choose to have that thought. Like, why would I choose to have a thought about myself that like, you're not good enough at this or you're going to fail at this or why even bother? Like, and and that's what's really helped me too. It's like knowing that I don't want to have those thoughts and like that helps me disconnect from it. Right. Because I feel great and abundance and I'm feeling awesome. Yes, I can achieve this, but then uh, I don't know, man, you might not be able to. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, where did that just come from? You know what I mean? So Yeah. Flicking, flicking that little voice off the shoulder, so it's, to speak. Yeah. Yes, that's a good way to no. think. Of, yeah, that's a good it's way to think. Monkey off my it. back. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it's like, and I think it's really so true and and important to really, really, really understand that that is not you, that is not me, that's not the truth of who we are at all. And that again, in that knowing too, it's like, okay, well, this is not me, and then you can connect more to who you really are, and. You know, when we have these thoughts, they don't serve us at all. They just bring us down. They just make us feel crappy. They just flood us with like negative energy. And um, that's something that's helped me too. I'm like, this isn't serving me. So even though it's here right now, recognizing it, being aware of it, I'm like you're not doing anything good for me right now. And then just in my best effort, releasing those thoughts. And it's almost like it's like our own self-love and self-compassion for ourselves, right? To be like, okay, this is not good for me. I am more valuable than this. I am unique. I am beautiful. I am strong. Uh, I literally am love. And uh, in that knowing of ourselves too, releasing those because it's just not at all who we are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you make a great point. And just asking yourself, you know, is like you said about serving, does this really serve me? And not just even me, but is it serving my relationships? Is it serving my, these thoughts that I have around, you know, my relationships or my marriage or my health or my career? Is it my finances? Are they serving me? And then really just disidentifying from there, recognizing that they're not, and you can just go snip. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we, you know, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, raising vibration and uh, that is literally like a goal of my life to raise the vibration of the world. And we'll talk about You're that. Doing a little- it. <laughs> You're really sweet. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later. But in just in you know in your coaching and, and things like that, how how are you helping people raise their vibration? Like in the story you told before, like you absolutely help that person feel better, be lighter, and raise their vibration. Um, so just like I guess, how else? Are you helping people uh, and the conscious of the planet uh, do that? Yeah. So um, I actually have an intentional living program that I have um, many people in right now that is really getting into the deep dive um, of this because I feel like it's just such a process. You know, it's not yeah. like as, as simple sort of speak as like you and I are making it seem like, oh, it's the ego. And there's just so much other stuff that comes up. Um, 
So yeah, I have different programs. I'm creating an online program at the moment. Um, I too may be launching a podcast at the end of the year. Um, and yeah, just really working. I just, I love the one-on-one work that I do intimately um, with clients. Although I've grown at such a rate that now I, I have to do the group coaching, which is where the intentional living um, came from. But yeah, just really getting down and dirty in, you know, it's, I, I really look at it as an excavation. You know, that's, that's what I help a everybody do, whether they're in my online program or they're working one-on-one, um, is undoing, undoing their lives. And in the most beautiful, um, gentle way, because I think there is some fear around, okay, I'm going to have to make some changes. And what does that mean? Well, I have to make changes in my health and my marriage and, you know, the place I live. And, and that can be scary, but it's beautiful when, um, when, you cultivate, you know, this, this idea of peace and, you know, all things are right in the world and it doesn't all have to be done overnight. It's just step-by-step processes, you know, and and being really gentle and kind and compassionate and self-loving towards yourself is the way to do it. So we're not muscling through, none of my work is about, you know, muscling through and making it and making it happen. It's just allowing things to unfold the way that we want them to unfold. Yes. And uh, so I always think, I think about change, right? And you mentioned that too, how, um, you know, people are, we're a little nervous about change. Like, what is this going to do to my relationships or my life or, or all these things? Um, do you have just an idea or perspective about change and maybe like the benefits of change to help people feel less fear towards it? Because I really feel like that's like one of the things that really stops a lot of people from their growth. And from their own fulfillment of who they are, because it's that fear of, of change. Yeah. So around the change, I feel like if there's a knowing, though, um, that they want to do this change or, and or they have to do this change, I think it just comes to trusting. And I really feel like that's where intuition comes from um, or comes in, is to really tune in and trust that inner nudge. I call it the, the rumbling, you know, we have these rumblings inside to make the changes and almost like the knowing that, Mm. okay, I have to move out of this position in my career, or I have to move to another state, or I have to leave this, this relationship. And that's the rumbling, you know, there's something churning inside. And then it really is just a matter of trusting really trusting without being able to see the whole staircase, without being able to see every single step um, on the path and just really more leaning into the idea that it's going to be revealed to you every step of the way. And your only job right now in this moment is to make the next best decision and then trust that the next one's going to be revealed and the next Mm -hmm. one's going to be revealed. And Gosh, if if um, I remember when I left real estate and the way that it happened was very interesting, but it's sort of like that door shut. It was just shut. And I was so fearful. And I remember just being in, you know, taking a bath, just sobbing, saying like, okay, I'm trusting, you know, there's, as long as there's a smidge of willingness to trust, um, you'll be guided and led the more that you tune into your heart. And I feel like that's where intuition really is connected to is our mm-hmm. heart and love. And it's a, um, you know, it's sort of like the control tower up above, you know, when we're in, when an airport, you know, we would not want to be guided and directed, um, you know, in the planes from someone on the ground. And I, and I think that's what intuition is really. It's, it's trusting this higher voice that's yeah. in the control tower that can kind of see the whole lay yeah. of the land. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just trust, trust and follow that inner rumble um, and know that it's, yes, it might be uncomfortable, but oh, my husband has this saying, it's called, um, is the juice is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, if you have a tiny little orange, is the juice going to be worth the squeeze? And in this sense, following and trusting just absolutely is worth the squeeze. Yes. In uh, in the movie The Secret, somebody used like a great analogy of like you can drive from San Francisco to New York 
right in the dark, say the whole time, and all you need is your headlights to see just a hundred feet ahead of you each time, right? You you can't see the rest of it, but it will appear and it will show as as you continue to to move forward, right? And yeah, and the other, I think the other piece too is just letting go of the how. You know, yes. that's a lot of what I do in in my work with one on ones in my courses and in my books too. Is just let go of the how. The how, yeah. thankfully, is not up to us. Yeah, we just have to lean into allowing. Yes. The how is hard to let go of, right? We just, we yeah, wanted, <laughs> yeah. Cause as you said that right now too, I'm like, but I want to know how, but you know what I mean? It's like, but it's also releasing that, that, that desire to, to want to know. And it, it's like, we can assume or think it's going to go this way, right? Like the how it's like, well, okay, well I, I can, I can picture that, but I feel like it, even in trying to hold tight to it, it's, it hurts us because I firmly believe that source, God, the universe, they know the how in a much more brilliant, quicker way than we could ever. And when we're so tunnel vision and focused on our how of exactly how it's going to get done and achieved, we block all the other beauty out, right? Because we're so focused on that, we can't see anything else. So even if there was a much quicker, more beautiful path right there, well, we're just not, we're literally not going to see it. And we're going to just continue on the route that we're going. And, uh, you know, try really just releasing that. And it feels good when you can release it. And you're like, huh, let me just like be the best version of myself. Let me just work hard, try every single day, come from a place of love as often as possible, and let the rest unfold and take me to a much more prolific, amazing place than I. Could ever have assumed or or thought that I literally could have gotten to on my own on that very specific path that I think I'm supposed to go in that way. Yes, exactly, exactly. That how and what's coming up is I, I guess I can share a little story to kind of really solidify that idea of letting go of the how and how it works and how it works. <laughs> um, back in when I first met my koala, actually. At the time, I was I was doing my own vision process, and one of the things that I had my vision um, was that I wanted to become an Amazon number one bestseller. And the only reason why I wanted that really was because when you do get to that bestseller status on Amazon, basically they kind of do the marketing for you, and they you know push out emails and saying you know this. Um, you know, this book is number one. And I just looked at it as that's a great way to spread more of my message. Mm. So I knew that it would reach more people if I got to there and it was in my vision and it's a whole process, but I was reading it and I was feeling into it and I was just sort of, you know, really envisioning it. Um, And I let go of the how And, and what would happen is during the daytime, you know, okay, I want, I want to become an Amazon number one bestseller, but how, how, yeah, but how, and every time I just would just hit the pause button, I call it hitting the pause button. And I did this for, I think it was about three or four months from the time that I put it onto my vision. And then I enrolled in this business intensive that is very heady. You know, it's very like, here's the business and you know, that kind of stuff. So I wasn't anticipating meeting anybody, um, you know, that could maybe serve me and my vision and all this. And very early on, I think it was like the first day or two, I, we, Mike and I were um, sitting next to each other and we just got to talking and, you know, all sharing these like universal truths and all this stuff. And, and uh, we were having a conversation about, you know, what it is that I'm trying to, um, to manifest and all these things. And he just said, I can help you with that. I can help you with that. And it was just so beautiful because it was, that's exactly how it works is when we let go of the how these people and these circumstances just unfold on our behalf and they just show up and we're not making it happen. We're just knowing that in divine time, things will unfold. The right person is going to show up, the right podcast, the right book, something is going to land inside of your awareness that, will help you to be able to get to where you're truly wanting to go. And that's exactly how, and I've seen that just time and time and time and time again, I've got so many stories like that. Um, and that's what it's about, you know, just opening up, knowing 
that it's going to happen, but we don't know how. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? It's the knowing and the it's the believing and the knowing that it is the truth that it will happen, and it's really right in that knowing. But in that like truth, really, really knowing, not saying, hey, yeah, that's going to happen, but like not really believing it, like knowing it. And like you said, we we draw those things to us because in that knowing, because it's like when I, if I have a pen, pencil in my hand and I drop it, I know it's going to hit the ground, right? It's like that sort of knowing yep. that time just hasn't really caught up yet, uh, but it is absolutely going to happen. And when we do that, right, we're all energy. We put off this frequency, law of attraction, like attracts like. And when we put ourselves in that vibration, we literally will attract those circumstances and things to us to create that situation for us because that's already who we are. It's like we don't manifest what we want. We manifest what we are. Absolutely. You were an Amazon bestseller and you manifested that because you already were that before it manifested in this physical reality. Yep. Yeah. And it's just really the work I feel like is just letting go of the resistance to that knowing that resistance to, ah, I'm not good enough. Because of course, like for me in the, in the bestseller that all of the stuff, the, the ego thoughts came bubbling up to the surface. And, you know, I would, I would almost feel resistant. Like, yes, I wanted it, but a lot of the work is just letting go of the resistance that comes up Mm -hmm. in the form of our thoughts and our doubts and our worries. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, was it Eckhart or something? It's like worry pretends to be necessary. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. It's not. They're like, we really think it is. It's like when we're trapped in our worry, that's like consumes our reality. And we think like we're helping ourselves and serving ourselves. And I used to worry all the time when I was younger about yeah. yeah, about everything. And when we're sitting and worrying, first it takes us out of the present moment, right? We're not here and now at all. We're really off somewhere else. Worrying never feels good. It creates us to be lower vibrational. Um, the worrying is never like a good worrying. It's we're always, you know, it's lack. It's something that may not work out or may not happen. And they're just negative feelings and negative emotions. And obviously that isn't good for, for anybody. But when we're so trapped in it, we don't realize that. I never used to realize that. I thought I was like helping myself, like prepare for the worst or what may happen. And 99% of the times that stuff never <laughs> happened. <laughs> It never, yeah. act, right? It never actually does. It's like we create in our mind all of this turmoil and all of this, like, what if, oh my gosh, is this going to happen? And then literally 99% of the time, it doesn't even ever happen. Exactly. I have, exactly. yes, I have this, I want to pull this up really quickly. Yes, okay, I have it right here. Okay, awesome. So uh, to quote, 99% of the harm is caused in your head by you and your thoughts. 1% of the harm is caused by reality, what actually happens in the outcome. Mm. And I was like, if we can really grasp that, just the so much more joy we would all feel and so much happier we would all be. And it really is, it's just like little thoughts and perspectives like that that can just shift your thought. It shifts your reality. It is literally a paradigm shift of the world that you live in. And, uh, you know, just really, really understanding and realizing how powerful those things are. It changes our entire life. It's like crazy that a thought can really do that, but our thoughts are insanely powerful. So, like, of course they can do that. Yeah, exactly. I always tell the people that I'm working with thoughts create. Act, or thoughts create beliefs, beliefs create actions, and actions create our life experience. And that's mm. so. If someone wants to have a different life experience, it doesn't. It doesn't involve moving the pieces around in their life. It actually more so entails getting clear on their thoughts um, because they create actions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I appreciate you. You're such a beautiful. Um, such a beautiful mind. And honestly, like your journey in getting here too is just extraordinary. And uh, I, I, you know, I really do. I appreciate the path that you're on. I'm so happy and grateful for you that you are on this path, that you connected to the truth of, of who you really are. It is just brilliant. It's so special to see that in other people. Thank you. Likewise, yeah. I feel the same about you, Justin. I appreciate this platform. I, appreci- I so appreciate you giving voice to all of this, 
this goodness that you're spreading really are. So thank you for that too. Oh, thank you. That was really nice. And uh, just the the last question that I, I ask everybody, and you and a lot of times like you are doing it, so it's always just fun just to see the response. Uh, anyway, so we talked about it earlier a little bit. My goal and dream in life is to help shift the collective consciousness uh, of the planet because I know that we can. We are literally that powerful, and it really is just a shift in thought. Um, but to shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be in a place that is more loving and kind and open, vulnerable, uh, forgiving, compassionate, uh, empathetic, uh, you know, one that understands the knowing and the truth of our oneness. Um, so I guess, you know, what do you do? How, how do you feel like every single day uh, you are contributing uh, to this shift in consciousness? Mm. Such a powerful question. Um, I think it's similar to yours. You know, I think the more that I align with love, Mm. I think love just expands. So one of my, um, my missions sort of that I live by is let me be a prism of light. And if you think about a prism, you know, when it reflects the light, it just splashes on in all directions of time. And so that's really my mission is just to be a prism of the light and to serve the light, however that may be, and and letting go of my will and instead stepping aside and just being guided to to how I'm supposed to serve the light and be a prism of that light. Mm. And it's like like you you are the light and you are being that example. Like really, again, the story that you shared earlier is just so powerful and it's it is that way because you're not just like talking about it oh you know if this had happened this is how I would have handled it it's like that is how you handle it that is your view on it that is how you thought about it and the example I feel like is just so so powerful it's everything for us to literally be the light so and being the light is in my mind like really being the example and then allowing people to see that and be like huh Right there's uh Jody's got something going on there. There's uh it just piques people's interest, you know what I mean. And sometimes that's all we really need is just that little quick peak of interest. Plant that little seed and just give that time and time to grow and grow. And um yeah I I mean you know in yourself and being the light and also just helping people too because I feel like that that's such a a big part of it. Right we can uh, we can be the example and be the light. And it's also just taking it like a little bit of a step further to really helping people like one on one and in digital courses, so yeah, right. So that we can uh, we can help others, and it's not you know, so it's not any sort of you know holding their hand through the entire path or being like it's got to be done this way. It is just, again, planting the seed, giving people the perspective and allowing them to get there on their own. Because you can have all the answers, you can have all the knowledge in the world and all the understanding, uh, but it, it's it's up to that person. Like You could give it to somebody, but based on the reality and their thoughts internally, they might not be able to receive that sort of a gift. So you know, it's up to them to, to get there on their own, but it's just so, um, it's just so needed. You know, to have people like you that are, are, you know, at least like bringing them to the water or at least showing them, you know, a different way of thought and a different way of looking at life. So that if that's what they choose, well, then they're able to then get there on their own. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's so true. And that's, it's funny because I, you know, of course, I um, have the benefit of, you know, working intimately with, with clients and they say, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You've completely changed my life. And I always just say, I haven't done anything. I've just opened the door and you've continued to walk through each and every door. And that's why your life looks so different. So it's exactly to your point. Yeah. Mm. It's that willingness though, to walk through the door. Cause sometimes that's the hard part or it feels like the hard part. Yes. Yeah. And I think too, just in knowing that, like that's so empowering that it's like, we don't really have to wait on somebody else to fully get us there. It's like, it's up to us. And in that, that gives us all of our power, right? If we have to wait on someone else all the time, it's like, all right, Jody, well, I, I, I need to see you every single week so you can get me there and more and more and more. I can't get there on my own. You know what I mean? Like that, and that just, again, relates back and shows how powerful we are just as beings and as souls and as energy uh, that it's, it's up to us and that there's just such, 
there's just such a beauty, uh, I think, in that. That is something that, you know, with a little bit of guidance and help, of course, but it's something that we, we achieve. And I love that you, you know, you portray that in, in your message to them. It's like, it wasn't me. It was, and it, it's true. It was them, right? You showed them, you know, the light, but it was them. You couldn't force them to walk through or to make those shifts. They had to do that on their own. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful to witness. I'm it sure. Really yeah. yeah. Yes. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, just before we cut out of here, if you could please share where people can reach you online, social media, uh, your courses, how they can get in touch with you to do one-on-one, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So the best place is probably my website. Um, it's jodyagard.com. Um, and then also my Instagram, which is also at jodyagard. So it's J-O-D-Y-A-G-A-R-D. Awesome. And all that stuff too will be in the description of the episode. Uh, so everyone can check that out there. Jody, I appreciate you and this conversation so much. Uh, it opened my heart, you know, even more. I hope it did for everybody listening. Uh, and anyone out there too, if if this aligned with you or resonated with you at all, please reach out to Jody. It's gonna do a ser- of course, it's gonna do a service to yourself. And this is a thing like if you're having that moment of like, oh, that's change or that's different. I don't know if I want to take that leap. Just take a shot. Literally just take a shot, take a leap, and see what can happen. Because that's why I think change is so cool too. Because if if you stay where you are right now, well, then that's your life. Nothing is gonna change. You know exactly what's coming every single day. But when you create change, you literally open the door for infinite possibilities. And there's just so much excitement in that. Yes. Great uh, ending. Uh, well, I appreciate you. Uh, you're nice. And everybody, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we love you so much. And Jody, thank you again, really. Thank you, Justin. Bye, everybody.